You're listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. Fellowship Baptist Church is located in Clark Lake, Michigan. Today's message is part of our Adult Sunday School series. Adult Sunday School is taught by a variety of different men in our church. Now let's prepare our hearts as our Sunday School teacher brings forth God's truths from His Word today. Well, good morning. Turn to Jeremiah 17, we, same verse we were in uh, last Sunday. Verse 7. I've had a cold all week. So, hopefully I don't start coughing. And as I was going through this, you know when you have a cold, it's just your brain just, something's not working right. So, um, there's some pauses as I go through this this morning because my brain's not working right this morning. So Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 7, it says, Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord in whose hope the Lord is. For he shall be as a tree planted by the waters and that spreadeth out her roots by the river and shall not see when heat cometh, but her leaf shall be green. And shall not be careful in the year of drought, neither shall cease from yielding fruit. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, searcheth the heart. I try the reins, even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, uh, we just are blessed to be here this morning, uh, to be able to just uh, look into your word and see what it has for us this morning, and uh, be with me, Lord, that uh, take me out of the way and allow you to just speak to us this morning in this Sunday school hour. In Jesus' name, amen. Um. I'm going to just do a little review uh, from last Sunday. But um, before I do that, I just want to mention one thing. We've been talking about the, the government, our government, how our government was founded, and kind of some basic guiding principles of the founding of our government. And these basic principles were biblical and how... At times in our lives, we get, we get caught up in, in the world and things get kind of complex and complicated, but really they're not. Once you get yourself back grounded in the basic principles of Scripture, and that's what you know, our founding fathers did when they kind of crafted the Constitution and how our government operates today and some of the insights that they had back then and what's going on today is kind of amazing when we we look back at it and how they could just kind of look into the future and see maybe how things could happen or would happen and are happening and based on historical 
um, things that had happened in, in governments around the world uh, prior to uh, the revolution and uh, the crafting of our Constitution and how they kind of put those things together to, to form our government. And the reason why I had kind of gone through this or thought about this was, uh, as I had mentioned before, I'm in Second Chronicles in my morning devotions and how the kings of Judah were able to um, kind of, from one king to the other, they served the Lord or they didn't. And um, why were they able to get away with that? Why didn't the, the people um, stand up for righteousness and, and get them out of there? Or why didn't they just go to the Lord and ask the Lord to take care of the problem? But they, they were complacent. And I think, um, as we've mentioned many, many times, we have become complacent as a as a people of God in this country and around the world to allow uh, things to happen as they are happening. Uh, we haven't been bold. Uh, we haven't been strong in our faith and uh, just kind of sat back and let things uh, just transpire the way they have. And uh, it's, it's going to be difficult to to return back uh, to this, to our founding fathers and the basic principles by which this country was founded and the way the government was supposed to operate back then. Um, for instance, um, I read this past week in the state of California, and, and this is what happens when these things uh, are allowed to just move in a direction of the flesh. California is basically run by the Democrats. There's, there's, at all levels of government, there is not, I don't think, a Republican in the running in, or involved in the state government of California. It's basically a dictatorship. And, um, and a lot of things that happen in California end up happening in the rest of this country. But this is just kind of a little microcosm of what happens when we allow uh, God, when we take God out of our uh, daily lives when we don't allow God to just permeate in the choices we make. Um, California has now signed into law that colleges in the state of California have to provide, have to, free of charge, the abortion pill in all colleges. Now, the thing about that pill is that it's not been fully tested as to the side effects of what happens to a woman that's pregnant and uses this pill. A lot of things that are happening 
that they've already found is that they have this excessive clotting that goes on and then it affects the, the woman mentally. But California doesn't care. What they care about is killing babies. And they'll do whatever it takes to promote that kind of thing. So this morning, I just want to go into, um, and I talked about it last time, is what is progressivism and the infection of progressivism that's kind of permeating not only in the government, but in our educational system. That's how they're able to get away with it. They've been very patient in uh, pushing this down to our education level, down to grade school, and then up through high school and college. And now we have a, just a group of uh, the population that believes in this, promotes this, and gets people in office that uh, continue uh, this um, activity of progressivism. So just a review of what we kind of went over last time on, when at work, you know, sales guys like to talk. Sales guys like to, I mean, that's kind of their uh, MO. <coughs> they like to put together like these flowery presentations and things and, and um, I have a boss, well, my boss's boss. Um, he's a sales guy and he, he knows how we're wired and, and that kind of thing. And when he wants some information, he always says, I just want a one pager. That's all I want is a one pager. You know how difficult that is? So I'm going to try to give you a one pager as a review of last week. Um, as we discussed, we talked about our, our founding fathers and kind of the three different types of republic um, and what our uh, constitutional public was, was based on. We talked about a unitary republic, which is more like how the government of England is run with a parliament. There's a confederated republic where you just have a bunch of individual states doing whatever they want to do, but they come together for military purposes and, and other things. So our, our constitution is, or our constitutional republic is kind of a combination of those two types of methods, governmental methods. And uh, it's interesting that uh, we always kind of, and sometimes refer to our government as a democracy well, the Founding Fathers found democracy to be kind of um, not something, the road you want to go down if you're going to form a government, because when you have a bunch of people and you, and you um, just allow the uh, masses to run things, uh, it gets to be uh, very crazy, and the governments don't survive because they kind of cave in on themselves because... Uh, they rob the funds, and um, it's mob rule. We also talked about Jeremiah or Isaiah 33, and in Isaiah 33, it says, verse 21 and 22, "But there the glorious Lord 
will be unto us a place of broad rivers and streams, wherein shall go no galley with oars, neither shall gallant ships pass thereby. For the Lord is our judge, the Lord is our lawgiver, and the Lord is our king. He will save us. And it's uh, kind of these two verses that um, our founding fathers used to create the government that we have today when we, and that we have an executive branch, we have a judicial branch, and we have a legislative branch. And uh, from this we have a, these checks and balances between the branches and, and it also reciprocates back as laws are made and enforced and then interpreted. Um, there's these checks and balances in place that uh, has kind of promoted or has sustained our form of government uh, since, uh, since the time of the Revolutionary War and when the government was formed. So, um, which kind of brings us to today as we talk about um, progressivism. And that's why I make this statement about progressivism is it has become a destructive movement that is trying to tear down the basic fundamental protection that our form of checks and balances provide. Progressivism um, is kind of a mechanism by which uh, individuals get together and they have, they want total control and power. Think of the Pharisees back in Jesus' time where they kind of created laws and rules over and above what God had intended in the law. They just added on to it and added on to it and added on to it. And really no one could know everything uh, about all these laws that the Pharisees were creating, so you had to come to them. And that was the big problem when Jesus showed up on the scene. No one was going to the Pharisees as to how to live out their life. And they lost control. Because when Jesus came, he talked about a relationship with God and allowing that to control your life. Not men. And the Pharisees did not like that. So they ended up crucifying Jesus, which is part of God's plan, and through that we have salvation. So progressivism, um, what is it and how did it get started? So I, I pulled this definition out of progressivism, and it says, is a common belief in civic duty and self-sacrifice. Sounds good, huh? A belief in public interest and is driven by a devotion to something 
higher than self that will allow for the creation of a utopian society. So what kind of things have sprung out as we get into this? As you think about this, out of progressivism. Well, we have what we just talked about, abortion. The thing about progressives and abortion is they think that the earth is overpopulated. So they're um, using too many resources. So we need to kind of reduce the population so that the resources can be available to everybody as part of our utopian societies. So killing children is okay. This global warming has something that's blossomed out of progressivism. We know that the sun, okay, warms and cools the earth. Progressives think uh, carbon dioxide does. Well, the one thing about carbon dioxide is plants use it for photo photosynthesis. So you start eliminating carbon dioxide, the plants die, and what do plants make for this earth for all of us to live? Oxygen. But they want to use global warming to control what we do. Required immunizations. If you ever took a look at what's in some of these uh, fluids that they use to immunize you with, and I, I could go in, we could go into this in detail. One of them is aluminum, okay? Another one's formaldehyde, formaldehyde's a carcinogen. Aluminum, aluminum is one of the things that uh, <clears throat> pushes um, as, as you get older, if you have that accumulating in your system, Alzheimer's. And they use, they want to use immunizations as, as another form of population control. They don't care if people die from it. Redistribution of wealth and property. That's another one you hear a lot about. Obama was big on that. And they want to use the United Nations, um, especially use global warming as kind of a, a method uh, to redistribute wealth, tax everyone, collect the money, and then redistribute it. And then the LGBT, blah, 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 whatever comes after that um, is another one. I, uh, I saw an article uh, just the other day from Franklin Graham. This is a quote from him. He said, I will never bow to the rainbow flag. So, um, and what progressivism tries to do is appeal to the flesh, okay? If, if these people can get in control and give anyone any desires of their heart, any desires that they want, um, they got this chaos going on, right? 
So then they can gain more control and more control. And that's the whole uh, purpose of progressivism. So back in the 1900s, uh, the progressives kind of infiltrated the educational system. And a couple of things that they implemented, one was uh, age-grade education. And I think we've talked about this before. Pastor may have mentioned it in a message we've had uh, other people. And that is Dewey was the big uh, promoter of that. Um, previously, prior to that, kids were grouped together based on their knowledge level. <clears throat> um, also, uh, they extended uh, the, the number of months that a child would attend school. They made it 12 or it used to be three months. And then uh, the aggressives kind of made it nine months, close to a year of education. Because they got to feed these kids, you know, this philosophy. So they had to keep them in school. And then also uh, 12 years, they required 12 years of a government education. Prior to that, kids would go up to about the eighth grade level then they would either enter a trade or they would go to college. And they were able to, to do this, and it, it wasn't because what was implemented before was not working, okay? As a matter of fact, once they implemented these things, the um, intelligence, I guess, of the kids coming out of college were starting to drop. Uh, as they implemented this system. But I gotta say the most um, significant thing that progressives um, were able to do was that they never, that they decided not to allow for um, independent thinking. They started uh, putting together uh, tests based on true-false, multiple choice, or fill-in-the-blanks type tests. And what they were doing was, and pushing was, regurgitating what the teacher taught. Okay? Regurgitating what the teacher taught. Just continuously pushing that, and pushing that, and pushing that. Where before, they would teach kind of a, a, a process where an individual would have to think through things, kind of deductive type reasoning, not regurgitating back what the teacher was telling them. In Luke 6, 39 and 40, it says, And he spake a parable unto them, Can the blind lead the blind? Shall they not both fall into a ditch? The disciple is not above his master, but everyone that is perfect shall be as his master. Every student, when he is fully trained, will be like his teacher. That was a warning from Jesus. You know, when Jesus taught, Jesus 
taught in parables, right? Most of the time. And the reason why Jesus taught in parables was he was trying to get the people to think, to think through what he was teaching them. And a lot of times the apostles afterwards, you know, scratching, your, scratching their head, trying to figure out, you know, what exactly was Jesus' point? And then he would have to sit down and explain it to them. Okay? Progressives don't want us to go through that reasoning. They don't want us to sit and think about uh, why we're doing what we're doing. They just want us to follow along as they're the Pied Piper. You know, Jesus gave us a brain and an intellect. And he wants us to use those things. He wants us to think through those things. He doesn't want us... You know, a lot of times, and Ben and, ben and I were talking about this at the, when we were cleaning up after the funeral, that a lot of times people will do things and they will say, well, pastor taught that from the pulpit. Or so-and-so at church does it. Or I heard it from a Sunday school lesson. And they have no idea why they're doing what they're doing other than someone else. They're taking what someone else had said or told them without researching it themselves and trying to understand why they're doing what they're doing. It could be totally uh, a problem. But that's the way the progressives want us to think. There's another thing that progressives promote and teach is that man is innately good but sometimes does bad things. But we know the Bible teaches the exact opposite. That man is innately bad, but sometimes does good things. And the only way that is, is through a regenerative heart, a saved heart, giving his heart over to Jesus Christ. Under a progressive belief, a man shoots somebody because man is innately good it's not the man it's the gun if a guy if a man or a woman gets drunk and abuses his spouse it's not because of the man or the woman because they're innately good because they got some medical disease that needs to be corrected. Or if a man has a dozen or so children out of wedlock, it has nothing to do with the man. He's innately good. It's because maybe they didn't hand out enough condoms in school. This is the progressive belief in method. But we know what the Bible teaches. And there's, I got a few verses here. Mark 7, 21 through 23, and you should know these. Verse, 20, verse 21 says, from, 
For from within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. Genesis 6, 5. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Romans 3.10, as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. You know, I could go, go on and on. We are innately wicked, okay? And it's only without Jesus Christ there's a, any good in us. Okay? But the progressives want the people to believe something completely different. <clears throat> kind of running out of time here. And that's why they created this um, uh, checks and balances in our government. John Adams, he had a comment here. He says, let me conclude by advising all men to look into their own hearts, which they will find to be deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. He just basically repeated Jeremiah 17, 9, which we read at the beginning of this. Then there's another uh, quote here. So it's remarkable that uh, our founding fathers took these principles and created a government of checks and balances to protect against this that the progressives now want to destroy. They want to break it down. They want to, as I mentioned, eliminate a lot of protections that this checks and balances provide for us. One of them that you hear a lot about is eliminating the electric Electoral College, which was just a, a genius um, thing that the founding fathers had incorporated in our government. If they eliminate the Electoral College, our whole lifestyle will change because what will determine our lives is what goes on in California, what goes on in New York, what goes down the East Coast, in the West Coast, and it's anti-God. So, so we can kind of bring that down to us, back to the basics, okay? Do we, in our lives, aspire to have these checks and balances in our life? whose head is Jesus Christ? Are the laws that we govern our lives, are they developed and we agree with Jesus Christ? And when we stray, do we allow the Lord to judge us and give us direction? Do we allow the Lord to be king in our life to enforce those laws so that we can please him 
Have we incorporated these checks and balances in our personal life? And until we can understand that, we can't, we can't actively take a role in, <clears throat> in being that light to the current government that's ruling over us. So next week, we're going to talk a little bit about that. But we got to bring this down to a personal level and understand where we're at in our relationship with Jesus Christ. And do the people we put in office have that same checks and balances in their life? Let's pray. You have been listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. We hope this message was a blessing and encouragement to you. If you would like more messages, visit our website at fbcclarklake.org, where all of our messages can be downloaded for free. Also, you can subscribe to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud. All of our messages are available for free. If you want to keep up to date on what's going on at Fellowship, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, where you can see what's happening happening at Fellowship Baptist Church. If you'd like to visit us, Fellowship Baptist Church is located at 3200 Reed Road, Clark Lake, Michigan. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope to see you back here again next time.